This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Masochism, the tendency to derive pleasure from one's own pain or humiliation. Or in other words, a Manchester City supporter watching their side play away to Tottenham Hotspur. It's Thursday the 2nd of January. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Adam Booker. I'm Louis Retto. And this is the City Report Unbelievable! Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your home for daily Manchester City content. Um, Chaps, how are we all? Adam, what did you spend your deadline day doing? Uh, Unfortunately, working, which just couldn't have been worse for me because I I hate the deadline day so, so much. Um, Luckily, the, the role I had at work that day was I didn't have to be as on top of every single tedious breaking breaking news story the uh the other peons were doing it but um yeah it was uh it was not fun i was glad to be glad to see it in my rearview mirror yeah i i had the same experience I, but i was covering the the tedious breaking news so i thought it was fun it was a long day it was a long day but it was a fun day uh louis no manchester city signing on deadline day um as as we've come to expect but how are you feeling about the squad heading into this sort of this crucial second half of the season? Yeah, I mean it's an interesting one, isn't it? With you know, I know you did the emergency pod with Cancelo the other day. Um, mm. That was all a bit crazy. But, which, by the way, he blocked you, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he blocked me. He blocked me <laughs> on Talking CFC. So um, that was quite funny, actually. I, basically, I, you know what? I think he blocked me before I put the post up because I was about to report the news. And I was about mm. to see my post on the news and I tried to tag him and I couldn't tag him. I was like, oh, he might have just turned tags off, posted it. And then I was like, I can't find him. Said to my mate, um, 
can you find cancer or is he just deactivated? And they all could find they they could all find him. And it, yeah, he's blocked me on my personal. I'm talking to FC. So there we go. Has that's, he unblocked you yet? Because he's gone back and unblocked some people. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think he's unblocked me now, but I know I was definitely blocked. I've gone on his account and it says follow, but like I used to, it would have said follow. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> what so a whiny funny. little boy. Yeah, I know. Mm, yeah. yeah. I, I, it was funny though, because everyone was like, you're massive, you've made it. <laughs> 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 Talk MCFC massive. No, that was crazy. I mean, I, I wasn't on the emergency podcast and it's still, you know, go back and listen to it. Um, Adam, you did a fantastic job with Alex and Ollie. But I just a, just a few quick thoughts. I mean, I think we're all in agreement that get him out the door, get him gone. If he's if it's got to a point where City have said, you know what, we're happy to go on with the season without a replacement, it shows you how bad things were. But Adam, I, I don't know where you sit on this, but for me, I'm just, I'm just baffled as to how Guardiola and co saw the second half of last season, not even the second half, just in particular, the sort of the last 10 games. And I mean, we were doing uh, two shows a week at that point, sort of up to an hour long, and, and we were covering it extensively. You know, going into Champions League semi finals with Fernandinho at right back. And I mean, that poor bug is not even in the team anymore. I, I don't know. I, I feel like I don't want to be that spoiled little boy, a bit like Cancelo, moaning about it because City have had so much success. But to not even a loan signing. Get I don't even care if it's buddy Tony Hibbert from Everton, forty-four years old, whatever it's just a buddy. It, it baffles me. I don't know what you think about this. No, I, I completely agree. Um it's unbelievable that one year of Fabian Delph, and I I absolutely love Fabian Delph. Well, for his his on the pitch uh exploits, some of his off the pitch exploits aren't aren't great, but um I thought he was fantastic as a left back. But once you've got one full season of somebody having to play out of position to cover for your lack of options in this, in another position, that right there is the immediate warning sign. Go into the market and get somebody. Mm. Um, mm. Now, obviously, you know, going into the 2018-19 season, they had higher hopes for Mendy from an injury point of view. And then obviously, you know, what ended up happening with him ended up happening. So they couldn't have foreseen that really. But still, that was, you know, three or four years ago, and we still, still don't have a left back. And and when you think of the options that we have had that, that have been successful, not a single one of them is a left back. You know, mm-hmm. Zinchenko, we all we all think of him as a left back now. He, he is a left back. Um, but he still plays in midfield for Ukraine. Um, you know, we kind of think of Sergio Gomez as a left back. He still plays right wing for the Spanish youth national team. So like we still, we're going on six, six years now that we still don't have a left back. Um, it's pretty insane. I, I don't know is if we're allergic to it or. It, it, is it is it pure negligence? Because imagine someone had said to you, Adam, at the start of the summer transfer window after last season, when it caused City so much, many problems, you know, we could, we analysed the Real Madrid game. Maybe in hindsight, it wasn't down to this, but some might argue City went out of the Champions League and, and missed one of the best chances ever to win the competition because of the lack of squad depth or available options in certain positions. Imagine someone said to you at the start of the summer transfer window that Nathan Ake is going to be City's starting left back. You'd have laughed at them, wouldn't you? Because you felt like City needed a left back at that point, let alone selling Cancelo and letting him go. I don't, I don't know. Is it negligence or is that just sort of? Well, you know, I think City are just obsessed with the perfect deal 
and the perfect mm. player. And we do have to keep in mind that this is a position that is peculiar in Pep Guardiola's team. You know, it's not your average left back or right back that is just constantly overlapping and then, you know, dropping back into a back four and defending. You know, we saw at the beginning of this season, Kyle Walker played essentially as a midfielder for the first 10 games or mm. so. And we're, we're talking about one of the best overlapping right backs this league has ever seen. Um, mm. So that narrows your options. And then on top of that, City are very shrewd in, in the transfer market and they don't like to overpay. They don't like to um, be perceived as kind of having their pants taken down by another team. They're not going to pay that extra $5 million, that, that extra $10 million. Mm. If they If they did... We'd have players like Fred. We'd have players like Harry Maguire. You know, and and I'm not criticizing those players as individuals, but those were deals in which City wanted a player and weren't willing to pay more than, you know, the extra ten million or whatever. Um, and so I think that really limits your options. But I, I do think it is negligence at this point that it's been such an issue in the team for so long that you've got to just get a body in there, a body that will do a job better than your you know, midfielders and center backs mm. that you're shoehorning in there. Yeah, yeah. And and, and this isn't against Nathan Ake at all. I mean, we've said plenty of times he's been one of City's best players this season, playing out of position, playing in position, wherever his position is now. But just imagine Nathan Ake goes down on Sunday, Louis, and, and we'll, we'll move on to Spurs now. But imagine he goes down on Sunday and what are we looking at, Sergio Gomez? I don't think he's had a fair crack of the a whip. I think he's a talented footballer. But like Adam says, he still plays in a winger position for the Spanish youth team. He's had one full season as a left-back under company Anderlecht it's just it's at this point you go in you're making things hard for yourself unnecessarily uh, that, that's how I see because for example say City I don't know who's on their list maybe Anthony Robinson maybe Borna Sosa at, uh, at VFB Stuff, Stuttgart anybody literally anybody in world football give them a ring even if there's 24 hours of the transfer window to go give them a ring they're going to run to you because City are a massive club challenging for big trophies we've seen that with Arsenal having like four minutes at the top of the table and they're attracting some of the best players in the world I don't know for me it just seems like why? <laughs> I think that's yeah, where I'm at at yeah. this point. No, absolutely. It, it doesn't seem to make sense. Like you say, we were linked to a few names on deadline day and 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 the day before. Briefly, I saw. I think it was it was this in the chat, wasn't it? Was it? Um, there was a rumor about Anthony Robinson. I'm mm. not going to name by who, but people were like, "We're not trusting that." At all. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Smell it <laughs> Yeah, but um, you know, I, I it's it's very unlike City to just sit there and not do anything if that makes sense it's mm. one of the last clubs you'd think to do that as well but uh yeah like you say i mean nathan ake is playing very well um so provided he stays fit i'm not actually too concerned but it's just that thing in the back of your mind thinking if he goes down injured then you know you've got mm. sergio gomez who i don't want to be too critical on but hasn't had the best of starts purely because of his lack of game time and when he has played he's kind of been thrown into it like southampton mm. i always mm. think of the southampton game now he just he had had a very poor game but again the yeah. whole team did so it's hard to judge yeah and, and the system as well which we've, we've yeah. covered all this before so we'll move on so um in terms of you know bringing the mood up a little bit adam tottenham away uh let me let me read out city's record at the tottenham hotspur stadium since it opened in 2019 um april 2019 1-0 loss that was in champions league february 2020 2-0 loss november 2020 <laughs> another 2-0 loss august 2021 which was city's last visit to that stadium 1-0 loss 
Is this the time City finally, not even get a win there, not even get a draw, Adam, finally get a goal? Weirdly, this is the most optimism I've had going to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Oh, no. no let me tell you, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. He's already jinxed it. Let me tell you why. If, I, if I've jinxed it, it's not like we were going to get a result anyways. Oh. It's not like I'm going to break some sort of duck here if we end up losing 2-0. That's what we all expect. Let me oh. explain myself. Going there in, in years past, City and Tottenham, but Tottenham has been the perfect kryptonite for City. City are this all-action, dominant attacking force. Tottenham, in their peak under, whether it was Jose Mourinho or um, on their good days under Conte, are known for sitting deep, hitting you on the break. Um, <clears throat> those good days are few and far between now for them. Uh, and City aren't that all-action attacking team that they once were. They're far more mm-hmm. controlled, whether you take that as a good thing or a bad thing. Um, they don't pour numbers forward like we're used to. They're far more conservative in their build-up play than they than they have been in the past. Um, I When I say I'm optimist, I'm, I'm being opti- optimistic here, it's for a nil-nil draw, essentially. <laughs> Be- because... Because I don't think that we're going to be as exposed at the back and we're not going to be as um, aggressive going forward. And therefore, the kind of perfect matchup that was this Tottenham side versus this City side in years past, that that matchup is a, is a bit different looking now. Mm. Well, I asked for a goal and you give me nil-nil, so I'm not particularly, <laughs> too, I'm not particularly pleased with that. Um, Louis, I'll bring you in on this then. Um, I mean, what left is there to say about Tottenham? Saying that, City, you know, exactly two weeks ago today when you're listening to this uh, on the Thursday, um, beat Tottenham. So yeah, is go. that is that the turning point, do you reckon, in this in this sort of relationship? I know Adam said that City in the past have been the perfect opponent for Tottenham and I, and I wholeheartedly agree. Obviously, that first half was good in parts, dire in others. That second half, probably the best we've seen City play this calendar year. Has the hoodoo gone? Do they yeah. even exist? Do they, do, is is this sort of is this like just absolute nonsense, psychological barriers, etc., or is there genuinely something hanging over this football club when it comes to Tottenham Hotspur still? Yeah, well, first of all, you'll be pleased to know I'm not going, and the reason I've said that is because I've never seen us beat Spurs live, so I'm not there. <laughs> so hopefully that's one thing. Oh, that's balanced um, Adam's yeah. Adam's prediction <laughs> out anyway. Yeah, that's one thing. Um, yeah, I always think of Spurs away last year, but anyway. Um, You'd like to think it's it's moved on since then, especially I think with the run of form we're in at the moment. Um, you, you know, we finally uh, people look at January and think it was quite a bad month, but I was looking back on it and we still won five out of seven games, and namely so the last few games won all of them in a row. So, yeah, I think at that second half against Spurs, we certainly figured it out, mm, and mm. like to think that that's 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 definitely a turning point. Well, I am going to be there, which gives me the jitters thinking that I'm going to be the one to jinx it this time. Um, you, you've seen a win though, haven't you? Most recently. Yeah, so yeah. Right. I have seen a win in the past. I have seen a win in the past. Uh, never away from home though. So um, we'll call that a day for part one. We'll be back in a second to discuss how we think City might, might be able to get past Tottenham on Sunday. Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your home for daily Manchester City content. So, Adam, straight into it. We've done, we, we, we've let it out. Cancelo's gone. 
I'm not over it. I don't know if you saw that video we shared on the City Report Twitter account of him celebrating with the fans uh, after the after the Villa game, but it, it did make you have a little bit of a lump in your throat because you know, give him credit, he was a, he was a passion merchant as well as being a good player. But we've let that go just about. Moving on to City now, then in terms of the system and how they set up going forward. Presumably, we're not having the debate anymore that City need natural fullbacks. It's Nathan Ake straight in there. What do you do on the right hand side? Uh, I think I'd probably put Kyle Walker in there. Um, mm. He came on in the last 10 to 15 minutes of the Arsenal game. I thought he looked lively. I thought that he was one of the main contributors to seeing that game over the line when when Arsenal was kind of coming in waves for the last 10 minutes. Um, you know, we know that Kyle Walker is one of those players that in the past um, has needed to be dropped in order to kind of regain his form and, and find his feet again. And whether it's Danilo taking his place or Joao Cancelo taking his place, it, it's happened many times previously. Never has it happened in which, you know, so many players at Kyle Walker's level are out of form. Mm. And maybe that's kind of skewing our judgment that we're, we're kind of painting them all with the same brush here and that we're looking at Ruben Diaz, Phil Foden, Kyle Walker, Joao Cancelo, all as the same, you know, out of form in the same way or out of sorts in the same way when maybe they aren't. You know, maybe this is just the classic Kyle Walker has a little bad stretch and needs to be dropped and he comes back in flying. We've seen it almost every year on, under Pep Guardiola since, since Kyle Walker has been at the club. So I think I'd go with Kyle Walker because if you're going to win anything this year, and I've, I've said this a million times, you've got to get players like Kyle Walker back on side, essentially. Mm. Um, Rico Lewis is fantastic. Nathan Ake has been fantastic at left back. But eventually, the, the real experienced spine of your team has got to get going. Um, and I think we're at a point now with some of the fixtures coming up that you have to play these players that are out of sorts and get them going again. It, mm. It's either going to fail spectacularly and they just simply can't get going again. Maybe they've they've lost the desire to fight for the club. Maybe they've, you know, they've been playing for Pep for too long and they're and they're burnt out, which we've seen happen to many players at multiple clubs that Pep has been at. Um, but you've got to try. You've got to get mm. some of these guys back on side. So I, I'd be going with Kyle Walker on the right. Yeah, I suppose it's how you define burnout because it's not just a physical thing, like you say, it's a mental thing as well. And getting those players, there's that great clip, wasn't that? That that resurfaced of Guardiola speaking to Rio Ferdinand saying, um, you know, you don't win five or six Premier League titles with the same crop of players. And obviously Kyle Walker has been here since the start of City's mini dynasty under Guardiola. So there is a there's a case to say that perhaps maybe he's had enough in terms of this sort of this part of his career, which is fair enough, but Saying that, in terms of physical burnout, he's played next to no football this season. Um, the Manchester derby, I think he played maybe every, every single game in the lead-up to that. But after that, was injured for a good while, didn't come back really until just before the World Cup, played a couple of games for England and, and hasn't really played since. So you, you shouldn't be saying, like, you know, for example... Rico Lewis is in there to give Kyle Walker rotation time. And, and on top of that as well, Louis, Kyle Walker is one of City's most senior players. And, and you look through the squad and, and particularly the defence, one of the biggest criticisms most people have had this season is that there is no leaders in there. Yeah. I'm, not necess- I'm not necessarily saying Kyle Walker is this sort of magnificent Zeus-like leader that's going to transform City's back line, but he's, he's been there, he's done it. He can talk 
a kanji through a, a, a tough game. Maybe not. He's not. Maybe not been there and done it at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, but he's been there and done it at other big grounds and had wins before. For me, I agree with Adam. I, I think Rico Lewis is great and he's a fantastic option. But you don't want it to be a case of being too much too soon for the young lad. Whereas with Kyle Walker, you want him in this in this running to go right. Okay, go and go and show people why you still are one of the best fullbacks in the league. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you were discussing discussing you know different fullbacks, and I was I was kind of thinking of a bit of a ranking order in my head, and I know it's hard to do, but when they're all on their day, you still got to put Kyle Walker at the top, absolutely. And mm. but, you know that's his natural position. That's that's where he's always played. Um, and like you say, for for a game like this, um, where it's a big game, especially when Arsenal are playing before us as well, which puts a lot mm. more pressure on, providing they w- well, if, if they win, of course. Well, they've got um, Everton, haven't yeah. they? So, uh, <laughs> never know, Sean Dykes. Sean Dykes is kicking toppies, you never know. But uh, yeah, no, exactly. So that, that puts the realistic, it will probably put the gap back to eight points. So I think a game like this, you probably do have to look at Walker. But, you know, I was going to say it's a big game as well, so you have to play a more senior player, but then you, you think about the 4-2, like Rico Lewis played really well in, so it mm. is a difficult one. Mm. Yeah, it, it is, and I don't I don't envy Guardiola ever making the team selection, but it feels like, especially with another body going out the squad into, in, in Cancelo, the options have now sort of sliced in half, and, and we have criticised the sort of the tinkering in, in a sense, haven't we, Adam, in recent weeks, saying like, just go and just go and play your best lineup. I think the question at this point now is, what is your best lineup? And City have to, for me, if they're going to be anywhere near successful this season. This next, this month is massive, and it, it tends to be the case with February with Champions League and, and a couple of domestic cup games as well. But City have to find their best eleven for me this month. What that looks like, I don't know. We're, we're doing this before Guardiola's spoken to the media. I'm sure we'll get a, a John Stones injury update then. But there just has to be a run of games. Tottenham in the in the league going forward into I think it's Aston Villa the week after. You know, there's not that many there's not that many midweek matches. City just have to find a rhythm for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um like you said, the issue is finding that that best eleven. And at the moment I think it's more like there's a best six or seven, and you've got mm. to find the the players that are gonna step up and make that a best eleven. Um just looking at the lineup from the last league game, which was which was the Wolves game, uh, for me the kind of undroppables, the the must plays right now are are Jack Grealish, Riyad Mahrez, Erling Holland, Rodri, and then from there and, and Nathan Ake in the back. From there, I'm kind of scratching my head. Do do we have an update on John Stones? I haven't I feel like I haven't seen any update since he uh, no, went down I'm, with the injury. I'm not sure. I'm not sure we've had any briefings or anything like that. But it's interesting. You you didn't mention a certain Kevin De Bruyne in that in that little undroppables. Correct. Uh, I didn't mention him. He didn't play in the um, reverse fixture, the the Tottenham game at home, and I thought that City had a bit more thrust going forward and partly because Mm -hmm. when Kevin De Bruyne was on the pitch up to that point, he was misplacing a lot of passes. He was, uh, he was falling over a lot for some reason, um, (laughs) which tends to happen with him. We, in fact, anybody that follows city on kind of all the socials will have seen that he slipped in training the other day and and Pep said, Oh, penalty. Uh, but anyways, (laughs) uh, that's, that's neither here nor there. That's Um, a good impression. That that was a good impression. Yeah. I sound exactly like Pep. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, those are probably my undroppable players. And then, and then, like I said, from there, it's, it's about getting the likes of Kyle Walker, Ruben Diaz, Laporte, 
Um, Bernardo Silva, another player that is just so, so, so key to what City do in the big games and mm. a game like Tottenham where their midfield is going to be less about you know finesse and creativity and more about running and energy and tackling. And that's that's Bernardo Silva's game in a nutshell is being able to control the tempo of a game in which of a game that requires so much energy. That's why he he thrives at Stamford Bridge. He thrives at Anfield, games like that. So that's another player that I think City are desperate to get him back to his his peak. Can we get him back to his peak is the question. Um, you know, it's starting to feel like the days of Bernardo Silva smiling through the pain of you know, still mm. being in Manchester, essentially, when we know he desperately wants to leave and be closer to home. Are the days of him smiling through the pain over? And that's why we're not seeing him as much anymore, because he, he doesn't have, you know, the best professional attitude in, in training. So it's a really, I, I wouldn't want to be Pep Guardiola right now. I think it's a really, really tough job because you have a really hard split between the players that have won you games and won you titles from a long time for a long time. And the players that are showing the best attitude and are the most motivated at the moment. So it's really tricky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, quickly, very, very quickly, Adam, because it's just popped into my mind. Um, why always us podcast, uh, David Mooney, Sam Lee. There's a comment from Sam Lee, unverified, and I'm not sure if there's been any follow-up on it, that City sent a loan-to-buy option to Leicester City so on not. deadline day for potentially trying to get uh, James Madison. And obviously later that day, there were briefings that that City were looking at him in the summer. Do you think that was with the with, with the eye of sending, getting rid of Bernardo Silva in this sort of, this late call? And and because for me, I, I, I'm at the point now where I absolutely adore Bernardo Silva. I think he's one of the best players City have ever had in terms of pure ability. But, I'm at the point now where I'm like, just leave, just go, because I'm 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 quite bored to be honest. Of every month seeing this new interview coming out from Portuguese outlet or Spanish outlet saying how much he hates in uh, in Manchester, like, don't sign the contract then. If you don't want to be here for this long, don't sign a bloody five year extension or whatever it is. Do you think that was a case of like City just genuinely wanting to get rid of the rats inside the dressing room? I I think so. Yeah, I think they they probably realized that they made such a great call with Cancelo and they were like, right, what other cancer can we cut out? And and Mm. that's not me suggesting that Bernardo Silva is a cancer because there hasn't been any reports of, you know, discontent from him other than, Mm. you know, him saying that he wants to go. But but there's never been reports of him kicking off in training, having a bad Mm. attitude, bringing the rest of the dressing room down like we now know Cancelo was doing. Um but that does kind of make you wonder if maybe they had a little bid from Barcelona and they were like, right, well, if we can get somebody else in to fill your shoes, we'll happily kick you yeah. on out the door. So perhaps, but it's it's hard to, you know, we'll, we'll never know, essentially. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely cover that news, that James Madison news, yeah. um, probably next week. But Louis, to, to sort of wind this down a little bit, I wanted to touch on these two players because I think on, on Friday, it seems so long ago, that Arsenal game, but on Friday when, when City just about managed to squeeze past Arsenal, I said it felt like City's season could hinge on getting Haaland and Alvarez working in a team together. Now, obviously, the last time they played... Um, sort of started the same game was Tottenham in that 4-2 victory 
Do you think it's a case of with the with the matches being so close together, copy and pasting for Pep, sending those two out together and saying, you know, Harland in behind, uh, sorry, Alvarez in behind Harland, making him do the running, letting letting sort of Harland run loose in behind? Or do you think, as we've seen so often in when, when Guardiola has these like you know Champions League knockout games where the games are, are, are close together in close proximity, he just completely rips it up. Maybe, maybe Alvarez starts in his own. I don't know, but I'd I'd love to see them two get a fair crack at the whip in terms of starting with each other yeah I, I'd want to see it and I definitely like to see it but I, I can't see it happen and I, I can't see Pep doing the exact same thing because I think he's too almost too aware of you know Conte knowing if he does the exact same thing they, they've probably le- or at least tried to, mm. to learn and know how to counteract that and stop that I guess so I want it to happen definitely I agree with you but I can't see it happening for that reason really and I think that's I don't know I don't really think that's a massive pep thing to do the exact same team. I mean, it, it will change a couple of people here and there. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a difficult one, but that's what I, th- I feel anyway. Yeah, and I, I know what you mean. And just on that, obviously, there was a tweet from Tottenham um, yesterday saying that that Antonio Conte has actually been been sort of been quite unwell with severe severe pain. So um, wish him all the best for that. Hopefully, he'll be back in the dugout. Um, Hopefully, soon we'll get a win on Sunday, but hopefully, we'll be back in the dugout. Um, Adam, I think we'll, I think we'll wrap it up there. We've covered absolutely lots. It's still loads you could get for it. It's been one of them, one of those weeks. But um, if you haven't already, go back and listen to the episodes we've put out already this week. There was a, a an Arsenal review on Monday. Obviously, that bonus Cancelo pod and, and Adam and I we were speaking about the Etihad atmosphere on Wednesday. But anything else to add, Mister Booker, before we bounce? Yeah, I, I actually wanted to mention one more thing that is giving me optimism, and that's oh. Erling Holland. Oh, because that's I, nice. I think in years past, when we've gone and played at Tottenham, it's been the classic city defeat of creating twenty five chances. Um, Raheem Sterling and Gabriel Jesus miss all twenty five of them, and <laughs> and then you know Harry Kane and Hungman Son go the other way, score two, and and we win or we lose. Sorry, um, I think. With Erling Holland in there now, you only need to create the one or two, and they're mm. going in. And mm. I think that that is giving me a little bit of optimism going there. That if we can eke out a couple of chances, which I know has been, you know, there's been a question mark about our <laughs> about our chance creation as of late. But if you go out, go in there, and and you create a couple of chances, we now have a ruthless number nine that will take them. And had we had that player in years past at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium we wouldn't have this abysmal record. So that's giving me a little bit of confidence. Um, but here comes a, a 2-0 loss on, on Sunday. A nice <laughs> a nice little ray of positivity. How uncharacteristic of you must have woke up on, on the right side of the bed. Uh, Louis, anything to add to that? Any any, any positive messages before we bounce? Um, that's just, just hope for the best, really. I'm all, I always <laughs> say I'm all for the jinx and things. So. That's more like it. That's more like it. Just hope for the best. I think that there's the uh, the American-UK divide in, in full flow there. Um, one more episode to come this week, of course. Friday prediction show. Stay tuned for that. If we don't hear you before then, have a fantastic week. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. 
By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.